There were so many details for this morning's chapel, I walked up and realized I didn't have a microphone, so I'll be holding this one. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 43. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 43. It is uh, titled, The Widow's Offering, and hear the gospel this morning. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live live on. This is the word of our Lord. Do you think as a community, and I think it's actually a more challenging question for me to ask now in November than it would be in September, do you think we are a community that truly looks out for one another? Okay, there's one vote. Maybe I'll do the texting. Maybe we should do that next time and vote. I'm sure that's, you're not the only one that feels that way at times, especially in November as, uh, as living in Christian community becomes more challenging. It's great to speak about and great to preach about, and I even spoke about it as a pastor, and here's chapter. But then when you get to the day-in, day-out grind of living in the everyday, truly looking out for one another becomes a little more difficult, a little more challenging for each of us. There was a movie I used to watch as a kid, and I was going to show a clip, but then I watched it and realized I was... Remembered I was far from God at that time, and it wasn't, the language wasn't appropriate, and I was disappointed in myself that I was watching the movie. But there's a point in the movie where one of their friends is getting beat up, and they're not coming to help their friend. And after he's on the ground and recovering, they said, yo, we had your back, kid, we had your back. And he said, yeah, way back. And I think sometimes that's, that might define us as Christians. We say we have your back, or we say we're looking out for you, but it's really way back when it becomes a little easier and there's no risk to ourselves or not asking or costing us too much. So today we began the day by looking at a video of the thanking our veterans that serve and you could see the price that is paid on their family members and the joy in being reunited with them and the great costs family members when, when their loved ones serve. We've been looking out for hurricane victims and hurricane scene, and I appreciate your gifts and donations, and again, you'll have more time to give, and, and I hope that you do. In times of crisis, we all, most people, I think, want to respond in some small way, and, and, and well, we should. That should be the response of this community. That should be the response of, of the church. But what about the every day today, living in when things get difficult? Are we looking out for one another? This widow's offering, I had mentioned in an email to you, it's true that Jesus teaches her. We can see here that Jesus sees her offering and delights in her sacrificial gift. So though the religious leaders of the day, scribes and other religious leaders, though they almost dismissed her and dismissed her gift and didn't pay attention to it, we can be comforted in knowing that Jesus sees her gift. She may even thought her gift was pointless. She may have even dismissed her gift, but Jesus sees what you give. Jesus sees the sacrifices that you make. So though other people may dismiss you and say you're not doing enough or you're not giving enough or you're not serving enough, they don't know all the details of your life, but know that Jesus sees what you give and what you sacrifice. So be encouraged by that, but also be challenged by that. Jesus sees what you give and what you sacrifice and what you aren't willing to sacrifice. It is a beautiful text to see and recognize and remember that Jesus sees all that we give. 
This text was actually kind of comforting to me when I learned my grandmother, who was widowed at the time, my mother's mom, when she gave so much of her money, we learned uh, at her death, she gave so much of her money and so much of her savings to a televangelist. And that televangelist was later arrested for corruption, and he wasted millions and millions of dollars. And all her gifts were given in waste. And naturally, I was frustrated and angry and, and wondering why a, a, a Christian would do this. But then I remembered, even though someone took her gift and used it for evil, God still recognized my grandmother's gift that she thought she was giving it to the Lord. She thought she was making these tremendous sacrifices for Christ. And that was what she was doing, though someone took the gift that was intended for God and used it for selfish gain. But I know that the Lord delighted in her gifts. But Jesus is not only teaching us here, we can not only, there's more to learn from these few verses of not just the fact that Jesus sees our gifts and what we're willing to sacrifice and what we're willing to lay down. He's also teaching us and teaching the religious leaders of the day that the widowed, the poor, the orphan, the oppressed, they are in that state, they are in that condition in a large part because of you. And a large part because of the religious order of the day and scribes, at least by the ones he's talking to, we hope that all scribes that uh, transcribed the law and, and served in the temple in that way and other religious leaders, we hope they weren't all this way and we shouldn't assume that they were. But the ones that Jesus is speaking to today, she is in this situation because of you, because of your systems and because your abuse of power in the name of God, she is now in this circumstances where she can barely survive. So certainly Jesus delights in her gift as he sees her giving, but he's also angered. He's also angered because she is struggling so much because of the church, if you will. Because you should be caring for her more. You should not be requiring so much of her. You shouldn't be practicing things that are becoming oppressive to others. Yes, Jesus is calling the church to task. He's calling them to accountability, at least the religious leaders of the day. And hopefully, again, Jesus is not saying all the scribes are taking advantage of the poor, but we know that many were, and they were wearing robes, and different religious leaders were in places of honor and having, places, having meals at places of honor and recognition and glory while, while there were people that were starving and hungry. And Jesus is saying, you're the cause of the poverty, at least contributing to it. They were supposed to do a better job of looking out for one another. They were supposed to do a better job of looking out for the widows and the orphan. Instead, they were actually contributing to the struggles and not looking out and caring for them. They may have said they were watching their back, but it was way back. Have you noticed in Mark, I've preached the last uh, four, three of the last four times from Mark following the lectionary. And the, the first time when we were looking at Mark chapter 10, we, we looked at the rich young ruler and, and Jesus says, you need to go and sell all you have if you want to be a disciple. And the rich young ruler couldn't do it. He went away sad because he, he could not imagine selling all that he had to, to follow Jesus. We moved in later into the chapter and we read about James and John. After all this time with Jesus, they're still wanting power. Let us sit at your right and your left. They still think that being a follower of Jesus Christ means you get power and recognition and praise and glory. And we look at James and John and say, what were you thinking? But if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, I know there's been times in my life where I was looking for recognition and praise and glory, but I was cloaking in it, I'm a follower of Jesus. I was cloaking in it as this is what good Christians do, where I really wasn't trying to give praise to God. I was really looking for others to praise me. So we can quickly say, James and John, what were you doing? But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can say that we've done the same. 
And then we see this blind man who, who only heard stories about Jesus. He wasn't with him for three years like James and John. He wasn't with him like the other disciples. He wasn't with him like the other followers. He just heard the stories about Jesus, a blind man on the side of the road. James, Jesus asked James and John, what do you want me to do for you? They said power. He asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want to see. And yet it was the disciples who were really blind. And as we move through this last week of Jesus in in Mark's gospel, in in Mark 10, 11, and 12, we're in the last weeks of Jesus. And this is the last, this this lesson, this observation of the widow is the last time that Jesus uh, sees a a member of the community. Now it's going to shift all to focusing on the disciples. And again, he's teaching the religious leaders of the day, you're just not getting it. You are not getting what it means to be a follower. You are not getting what it means to be a disciple. Two or three chapters of Mark, Jesus is continually stressing that. You're not getting it. A few verses earlier, Mark 12, we read, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There is no greater commandment. The sacrificial gift of the widow This last encounter Jesus has before he goes to the cross. This sacrificial gift of the widow points to the sacrificial gift of Jesus that he's about to make. The fact that Jesus is only days from the cross. We have this teaching of a poor widow that has been dismissed by the community and oppressed by the religious systems of the day. And Jesus uses her to teach us a very important lesson. The sacrificial gift of the widow points to the sacrificial gift of Jesus. She gave her entire livelihood, Jesus says, and Jesus is about to give his very life. Not only for this widow, but for all, for you and for me. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Though he was rich for our sake, he became poor. John 13, 16 through 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. I've appreciated the conversation in the, in the comments on uh, my uh, message on alcohol uh, last Wednesday. And I have appreciated the conversation that's come from, but regardless of whether you think as a Christian you should be abstained from alcohol completely or not, I hope you didn't miss the point that we as Christians must never live in a way that causes another person to be entangled in sin. We lay down that right. Whatever, whatever we're doing that may cause another person to struggle or be harmed, we lay that down, even if it's not sin, because we do not want to harm them. So we lay that down. That's a small part to play. And Jesus is saying, lay down your life in the same way I'm about to give my life for you. I want you to give your life for another. I really appreciate all those who serve here at ENC, staff and faculty. And and it's difficult to know sometimes, are we helping someone or are we causing you to stumble in your journey? I never want to do anything to cause anyone to stumble in their journey. And I appreciate it after that message. Professor Twining came to me and he says, you know, sometimes when I t- cover topics in my class, I get worried that it's going to harm a student in their spiritual journey. And I never want to do that, but I need to challenge them. I need to make them think about different things and different perspectives. And 
He says, it really makes me nervous. It, I think he even used the word, I'm scared that I'm going to hurt someone in their journey. And I was thankful that he shared that because to me that tells me he's the exact type of professor we want teaching here. To recognize that tension and that, that balance of challenging you of what it means to be a follower and believer of Christ. And sometimes it may cause confusion, but we will walk with you. Hopefully, all members of this community, laying our lives down for you so that you too might learn what it means to be a disciple and follower of Christ, so that you might lay your life down for others. So the question is, are we a community that looks out for one another? Are we a community that lays down our lives for others in the same way that Jesus laid down his life for us? Earlier this semester, uh, the Spiritual Development Office gave out a devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest. And if you want a copy, we'll give it to you. It's uh, no charge. It's written by Oswald Chamber. It's a, it's a great book. And Oswald Chamber says this, Has the Lord ever asked you, will you lay down your life for my sake? John thirteen thirty eight. Chambers goes on to say, It is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out with a sense of the high calling of God. It's exciting to talk about Christian community. It's exciting to be part of Christian community and all the beauty that comes with it. But when the day-to-day challenges come, are we truly, really looking out for one another? Are we living our lives in a way that's not oppressing others? Are we willing to give things up if we learn where we're purchasing something or where we're buying something, maybe connected to an industry that's uh, trafficking people? It sounds... Like, it almost sounds too distant for us to even think about, but, you know, we need to be careful where we buy our vegetables and tomatoes and fruit because there are farms in this country that enslave people, that work on those farms, and they're, they're caught in bondage. It's human trafficking. Later in the spring semester, we have someone from Sojourners coming, and she's going to be talking about environmental justice, and, and hopefully in classes and in groups and seminars that are here on campus, you'll learn more and more about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And, and I think what you're going to see more and more of is that Christ, more and more, will ask you to lay things down. So will you lay down your life for him? That text that Oswald Chambers talks about is in John 13, 38. Do you know the context there? It's Jesus talking to Peter. Then Jesus answered, Peter, will you really lay down your life for me? Jesus goes on to say, very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Will you lay your life down for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or will you live your life in a way that says, as Peter did, I never knew the man. I never knew the man. Yeah, I I worshipped him at church on Sundays, but I never knew the man. When the day-to-day living out of your faith and the day-to-day laying down of your life and the challenges come, will you truly lay down your life or will you live in a way that says, no, I, I never knew the man? Are we looking out for one another? As we address issues in this community I've talked about in human trafficking and we see how we affect the world, how we affect the world by how we live and why we need to lay things down because it harms and oppresses and keeps others in bondage. Let me go to the immediate community now for a moment and say, how are you living in the dorm? Are you really looking out for one another? 
Are you really caring for one another? Are you, when you hear the gossip and you hear people tearing another person down, are you laying down your life and your reputation and, and what people think about you and speaking peace into that situation? Or are you living in a way that says, I never knew the man? When you see there are things where people are being harmed by the way certain people are living, are you speaking peace into that situation and trying to bring hope into that situation? Or are you living in a way that says, I never knew the man? See, are we really looking out for one another? And I don't know what, I'm not trying to think of a specific issue or a specific thing happening on campus. I'm not. I'm just wondering, in the day-to-day living out in Christian community, are you laying your life down for others? For those who have already accepted Jesus and claim to be a follower, know that that is what he asks of you. That's what he's been trying to say in this, these lectionary texts in, in, Mark, in the book of Mark, these last few chapters. I need you to lay down your life in the same way I'm about to lay down my life for you. I hope we come to the place, all of us, where we're living our lives by looking out for others. Whether that be in the dorm or whether that be in New York or New Jersey or the other side of the world. Not putting up false facades of caring like some of the scribes and other, other religious leaders, which I confess I've been guilty of. Not putting up a false facade to try to get recognition and power and great positions in the church. Not putting up a false facade, but truly laying down our life. So for those of you who have not yet chosen to follow Christ, have not yet asked Christ to come into your heart and life and allow the kingdom of God to to break forth into your heart and life so that then you can be carriers of the kingdom of God and, and bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. If you have not done that yet, I encourage you to. I plead with you. I pray for you daily that you will. And then when you do, and Christ is in your heart and life, and you have been given a new day, a new beginning, all sins forgiven, I want to let you know he's then going to challenge you to say, now lay down your life completely for me. Let me take your desires and your plans for marriage, and maybe I'm calling you to life of singleness. Let me lay down those, I want you to lay down those desires for medical school or law school or even seminary because I have a different plan for you. I know the relationship's going well, but I have a better plan for you. Will you lay down your life? Will you give all like the widow did? Will you give all? I promise that if you do, and this is just from personal testimony, I promise if you do, you won't regret it. I promise you won't regret it. And I don't mean that all the school bills will be easily paid and you'll be wealthy and you'll have houses and cars and and all this. I I don't mean that. I just know that the peace of God will be in your life. I know that the peace of God will be in your life. And Jesus will see how you live and Jesus will see the sacrifices, the sacrificial gifts that you make and will delight and be over your home and in your life and in your relationships. My prayer is that you be one who really, truly looks out for one another, really cares. Go ahead and lose your life. Go ahead and lay down your life. I promise you that is how you find it. Let us pray. We've sung about how deep the Father's love is for us. And Heavenly Father, I pray just for your grace and your um, 
overwhelming presence to be made manifest in all our eyes that we'll come to a deeper and better understanding just how high and how wide and how deep your love force really is. Because I think, Lord, I, I believe, Lord, that if we come to a better understanding and truly accept your love and your grace in our lives, it will be better and easier for us to lay down our life. So help us. Help us to understand and see your love more and more, whether that be in others, in this community, in our church community. Maybe it's from an author. Maybe it's from a, a faculty member. Maybe it's from a staff member. Maybe a, who knows, Lord, but just help us to understand more and more about this amazing love of God, this, this love that is so deep. And may we be agents of that love. May we lay down our life for you and for your kingdom. May your kingdom be advanced through us, we pray. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Have a wonderful weekend. Go in peace. You are dismissed.